0: Greetings from Covenant Community of L.A.J. Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at covenantcommunitylej.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we get to dive back into the book of Joshua. In case you've been missing it, we have begun a series in the book of Joshua, which is a fantastic book. It's incredibly interesting. There's tons of drama. I'm so excited. If you've never been through the book of Joshua, where we're headed, it just keeps getting better and better. So don't miss a single week. You're going to enjoy what you're hearing here. But I'm excited this morning because it just so happens God has laid in our lap the, maybe the perfect passage for this Sunday to look at. And I think for us, as we're here on Pastor Appreciation Sunday, uh, I think this passage really will speak to us and how well we do our job as the congregation. And I think when we get to the book of Joshua, we, we see this beautiful thing. So let me recap a little bit, I'll be brief. Chapter 1, when we began this, you see that God's brought the people out of Egypt. They wandered in the wilderness because they were honestly too scared to go to battle. Y'all remember that? They were faithless. They wouldn't go in. And so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses dies, and Joshua becomes the leader of Israel. And they they have no homeland, but they do have a promise. God has said, I'm going to take you to the land uh, that I've promised you, and he's leading them in and so God speaks to Joshua in the beginning of chapter one and he gives him some quick instructions there's a quick recap he tells him to be strong and courageous we know that Joshua had to play a part he didn't say Joshua go sit on the couch I got this he says be strong and courageous you're gonna have to be a part of this you're gonna be engaged so he gives them several things he says be careful to obey the law and meditate on this this law and don't turn from it to the right or to the left he said I want you to saturate your mind and your heart and what I have for you. I want you to soak your mind in it so that you understand where I'm coming from. If you do this, you're going to be successful. I'm going to give you the land. You're going to be strong and courageous. I want you to do these things. And then he says this, do not be frightened or dismayed. Now that's the very reason why they had to wander in the wilderness because there's these giant walls and there's tons of big people that are well-armed and they're terrified and they don't really want to go to battle. And even if it wasn't a big battle, when I mean, you think about it for yourself, you know, would you want to go to battle at all? It's a scary situation. Even a small battle is a scary situation. And so he tells them, don't be frightened or dismayed. And the reason was not because I think you're ready for this or I think you're capable or I believe in you. He says, I believe in me. He said, for I am with you and I finish what I've started. And so we have this wonderful faith. And that's why the instructions for Joshua were focused on. It's not that they weren't supposed to practice with their swords. It wasn't that they weren't supposed to, to learn to, to how to fight and things like that. But he says, your ultimate duty here is to keep your eyes on me, to meditate on my word. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Stay focused and true right here. We're moving and be strong and courageous. And so he gives that message to the people or or to Joshua. Now, Joshua is called to be the leader of of this massive group of people. Now, they have a history. If you've gone through uh, Genesis, you can see that God brought them through the patriarchs and eventually through uh, the life of Joseph, brought all the the family, the 12 tribes, so to speak, to Egypt where they spent all this time. But they really have a very kind of weak national identity so far. They've not really accomplished anything. It's not like they have a, a constitution or anything like that. They just have the law, you know, and they're they're wrapped around that. And they know who their God is. They've followed him. They've seen this amazing Thing that's happened through this, but they don't really have a home. They're kind of like a, a nation of nomads, so to speak. They've had basically the same spot as they were in the wilderness, they were kind of basically in the same place. But Joshua's been called to lead this group of people, and this is a difficult thing because, as long as this nation, so to speak, has been together, Moses was the leader. Are you with me? I mean, Moses was the guy that was kind of leading them, and this change of leadership can be a delicate situation. And how the people respond matters. It's not a given that they're just going to be like, okay, we got this. Like, we'll just kind of see what happens. It's not a given that they would respond appropriately. But when we look at this, I want to to look at leadership for just a second because leadership doesn't exist in a vacuum. And we all celebrate leadership and we, we appreciate a good leader, but it always involves a group of people. And we know that leadership is from God. God put it there. You know, God ordained you know, an orderly set of, of chain of command and leadership in almost every arena. And God says that all authority comes from him. Now this is this is unique because in America we obviously really value our freedom. And we value the freedom of the individual and independence from some tyrannical leader or dictator. But we also understand there's a balance there that we need leadership in our nation. We celebrate as believers the priesthood of believers, as Protestants we're all about that But we also understand that God's instituted the office of elder to lead the church with a servant's heart. That's what we're celebrating this morning. We celebrate equality, but accept a chain of command in our workplace, in our schools, and in the military. We get it. Even even the family, God has ordained a certain order of leadership a sort of a a chain of command. And we understand that, that God has established this in every arena. And so... We get it. God is a god of of, of freedom and all these things. He's granted us freedom, but He's not a god of anarchy. He, he Himself created leadership. He, he understands all of this. Authority comes from Him. Now, when we look at leadership, there is a ton of study on leadership. If you go, uh, if you if there were such thing as bookstores anymore, you could go to them and look around. You would find a ton of stuff on leadership. You go to Amazon, type in leadership, and you will be flooded. You can spend the rest of your life reading about leadership, and that's not even counting the the internet and all the stuff that's out there that you could read. We are a culture that appreciates leadership. We all want to learn how to be better leaders, and that's a good thing. But if you flip it around and you look at this whole understanding of followership, there is far less that speaks to that. But there is no such thing as a leader without a follower. And so what I want to put out to you is that I think that followership believe it or not it's a real word is just as important as leadership and while we've all studied how to be a great leader most of us have never read a book or really spent a whole lot of time on learning how to be a godly follower because we we think oh well there's enough of those I need to be the kind of leader but God is all about followership in fact we see that Joshua provides a beautiful example of both doesn't he He was literally the right-hand man of Moses, and he sort of strengthened Moses' leadership by his willingness to follow. Joshua was one of the two spies that said, we're not afraid. We can take this land. We should go in. He was both following God, and he was following Moses. He had his faith in God and was following the leader that God was using right there in front of him. He followed hard, and he honored God with the way that he did that. Now... Joshua is in this first seat under Moses, or second seat with Moses, but now he's in the first seat, and it, he's taking the role where he's the spokesperson, he's the one that's kind of leading. And this passage we're about to read gives uh, some context here. He, he has been given this command, and now he's got to turn and give this command to the people. He's heard from the Lord, and now he has to turn and give this command to the people, and we're going to see how he's going to respond. Now, to give you a little bit of context with this, there's a particular group of people here in this nation of Israel that were a little concerned on whether or not they would follow. And this passage explains who they are. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. You see, they had already been assigned the land that was promised to them. They're already living there. They're comfortable. They're happy. They're not worried about necessarily going and getting the land that they're going to have. They're already possessing it. And so you can think, like, maybe, maybe they just don't want to fight. And it's a crucial moment for Israel when he goes and he says, all right, we're going to go and we're going to take the land. We're going to move forward. He takes this, this passage as a, as a side conversation with these three little groups of people that he's got to have on his team. And, and this, is, this is a really cool passage here. So when you read this, I mean, the question is, are the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, Are they going to be willing to fight and die to capture the land that they're not actually directly going to use? Are they, I mean, what if they say no? What if they they say, we're going to break off from the nation, we're going to step aside, we're going to let you guys go get what's yours. We're not sending our boys to battle because we already have what we need. I mean, this is a significant moment here. Are they going to put their interests in front of their brothers? Or are they going to put their brother's interests in front of their own? So let's look at this passage in in verse 10. I'll read this to you. It says, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, Prepare your provisions. For within three days you are to pass over this Jordan and go to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said... then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it. The land of, that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. So here we are, we see this. What's their answer going to be? How are they going to respond? Are they going to do what they want to do? Or are they going to go, and I don't know, are they going to serve themselves and do what's safe? Or are they going to be willing to go and fight for the 12 tribes? And, and what I'm trying to say here is followership is just as important as as leadership now i saw this video several years ago and it's kind of funny it's a little weird uh, but it's three minutes that sums this up in kind of a fun way is that ready to go okay awesome i want to show you this video and this guy uh important he pulls out and you see in leadership the importance of a follower you may have seen this before but it will be a good refresher it definitely put a smile on your face
1: If you've learned a lot about leadership and making a movement, then let's watch a movement happen start to finish in under three minutes and dissect some lessons. First of course, a leader needs the guts to stand alone and look ridiculous. But what he's doing is so simple, it's almost instructional. This is key. You must be easy to follow. Now here comes the first follower with a crucial role. He publicly shows everyone else how to follow. Notice how the leader embraces him as an equal. So it's not about the leader anymore. It's about them, plural. Notice how he's calling to his friends to join in. So it takes guts to be a first follower. You stand out and you brave ridicule yourself. Being a first follower is an underappreciated form of leadership. The first follower transforms a lone nut into a leader. If the leader is the flint, the first follower is the spark that really makes the fire. Now here's the second follower. This is a turning point. It's proof the first has done well. Now it's not a lone nut, and it's not two nuts. Three is a crowd, and a crowd is news. A movement must be public. Make sure outsiders see more than just the leader. Everyone needs to see the followers, because new followers emulate followers, not the leader. Now here come two more people, then three more immediately. Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point, and now we have a movement. As more people jump in, it's no longer risky. If they were on the fence before, there's no reason not to join in now. They won't stand out, they won't be ridiculed, and they will be part of the in-crowd if they hurry. And over the next minute, you'll see the rest who prefer to stay part of the crowd, because eventually they'd be ridiculed for not joining. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how a movement is made. So let's recap what we've learned. If you are a version of the shirtless dancing guy all alone, Remember the importance of nurturing your first few followers as equals, making everything clearly about the movement, not you. Be public, be easy to follow. But the biggest lesson here, did you catch it? Leadership is over-glorified. Yes, it started with the shirtless guy, and he'll get all the credit, but you saw what really happened. It was the first follower that transformed a lone nut into a leader. There's no movement without the first follower. See, we're told that we all need to be leaders, but that would be really ineffective. The best way to make a movement, if you really care, is to courageously follow and show others how to follow. When you find a lone nut doing something great, have the guts to be the first person to stand up and join in.
0: Pretty good, isn't it? Well, we got our resident lone nut uh, already. So (laughs) that's true. That's true. Uh, And I think that's the thing. I mean, you've got leaders, but what are the people going to do? Are they just going to watch or not? And and this that video is hilarious. How it points out how how a kind of a movement begins. But in this passage, the answer that the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, this is that moment. This is that tipping point. Are they going to do this? I mean, they could have said, no, civil war. We're going to slide off, and we're going to go do our own thing. You know, it was was a great ride with you guys, but we don't see any sense in dying for land that's not going to be ours. We're going to keep it and and play it safe over here. But here's their answer. Look Look at verse 16, and this is the most epic answer a follower could ever give. I can't tell you what this must have done to Joshua's heart when he read this. It wasn't, well, we'll see how it goes, or just, I'm just going to read it. And they answered Joshua, okay? All that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Wow. They're saying we're in. A hundred percent we're in. Whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do because we know that God has put you in the place where Moses was and God led Moses. They're saying... Just so long as God is with you, we will follow you. So you do what he told you and be strong and courageous and we'll follow you. And anybody who says no, we'll, we'll put them to death because we're going to war. And when you're going to war, this is the kind of answer you want as a leader. And Steve said, not knowing I was going there, but I mean, Steve said even before that song, we are in a battle. We are in a war and not against people. We're in a war against Satan and the enemy. Now, the beautiful thing is that the war is won in Christ. <laughs> He's already conquered the enemy. And now we can move into that land, just like you told me, where you put your foot. We can walk in with authority as believers and, and move in power where God leads us to go. But the cool thing is their answer is so solid. There's a couple things I want to pull out on this. They put the good of the whole before their personal preferences. It's a mark of a good follower. When they're able to see the big picture and say, you know what, I'm going to put the good of the whole before my personal preference. And, and as you listen to these, I, I don't want you to, it is Pastor Appreciation Sunday, and we do want this to apply to our church, but this applies in every arena of your life. You are a follower in so many places, so don't, don't get sucked into only thinking about right here. Think about all the places in your life Uh, where you have to follow. So they put the good of the whole before their personal preferences. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to keep moving. They committed to do what was asked of them. They said, we will do what you ask us to do. We will take action when you say move. We won't sit and watch. We won't procrastinate. We won't just kind of put it off. We won't blow you off. No, you know, we're not going to flake. If you tell us to do something, we are going to do it. This is a mark of an awesome follower. I mean, I love it when, when God's put me in a place of leadership, whenever I, you know, have the opportunity to delegate to one of these followers who's awesome, and I can be like, hey, this has to happen, and when they take that, and they just do it, and I can forget about it, and I don't have to remind them to, to call it, it's a beautiful thing, because I'm terrible at that, and so I love it when people are like, I will do what you asked me to do, it's, it's awesome. And three, they committed to go where they were asked to go. So you get this. They were saying, you know, we'll, we'll move out of where we're comfortable into a place we are uncomfortable, if you ask us to. We'll change locations even. We'll, we'll move to a place that's different. We'll sit somewhere different. We'll move. We'll take action. We'll go where he tells us to go. So we'll do what you say. We'll go where you ask us to go. And, and the fourth thing, they affirmed that he was their leader. Isn't that cool? Did you catch that? He was like, we followed Moses? And we're going to follow you like we followed Moses. That is such an awesome thing to hear from a follower. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, apply that to all the different arenas of your life. We'll get there in a second. We'll need this in for just a minute. The fifth thing, they acknowledged that the real leader was God, and they encouraged Joshua to follow God. This is awesome from followers in the church, in the home, in the business, in all other places. When you understand that the ultimate authority is God, then you can serve even a poor leader, right? And you can follow even a poor leader knowing that that leader is following God and that God is in control. Even if they aren't following God, knowing that he is in control gives you a certain level of peace. Not every leader you follow in your life is going to be a godly godly person, but... God is the giver of all authority and so you can't put your hope and your trust in him and know that he can move the heart of kings we could break that down for a while and we have here before you understand that God is able to steer the heart of people in authority if he chooses to and so it's not necessarily our job to make and force that to happen now, sometimes we play a part in that, and that doesn't mean we have to sit silently and not do anything. We definitely need to contribute. We definitely need to take action. We need to be a part of things, and, and, and as followers, you know, present our ideas and our wisdom in a way that's humble, in a way that's productive and, and proactive, even. It's not that we sit in silence and just take it, whatever, and do nothing but pray, but understand even after you've made your appeal, after you've done what your job is to do as a follower, that you can trust that God is able, God is able to turn the heart of that person in authority. It gives you peace when you're following, knowing that you're following him. And so I don't want to take a whole lot of time, and we've, we've, we don't have a whole lot left here, so let me, let me move quickly. I want to ask you this question. How well are you following in each of the areas of your life? Has that, is that a priority? Is that something that you've ever stopped to look at? You know, there's a massive amount of pressure that's on a leader, and, and I know that each of you probably have been in a position where you've been given leadership to varying degrees in different arenas of your life. And if you can remember back to those moments and you remember the pressure that was on you and, and all that goes with it. Because when everybody takes their personal preferences to you and they're like, this is what we want, but we want you to make the final decision, that's a very difficult kind of situation to be in as a leader. Knowing that you're going to have to do what's best for the whole rather than just one, you feel like you're constantly, you're doing the right thing, but you're making enemies on the way, and you're just hoping that people have a big picture idea. And you, have to, you have to challenge people. You have to make tough choices. There's a lot of pressure. And when, when there's failure, gosh, aren't followers, aren't we sometimes just critics? Wow. We step in, and we make sure they know how much they fail. failed. It's a difficult thing. It's very hard to lead. Leading in a church? Talking about Steve, incredibly difficult task. And all that in mind, we have to understand that as followers, we don't understand the cost of leadership on those that we're following. And that's why it's so important that we do things like Pastor Appreciation Sunday. And I had a pastor who had been uh, in ministry way longer than me, talked to a bunch of pastors in a room, and he he said this, he said, uh, a lot of churches are worried about puffing up their pastor's heads, and they're worried about them getting prideful, and they're worried about them getting arrogant. And he said... But far more pastors die of a broken heart than a swelled head. Love your pastor. Love him well. I thought, oh man, there's so much truth to that. When you see how much much they do. Far more pastors die of a broken heart than a swelled head. Let the Lord deal with that. You just be an encouragement. God gives you the opportunity. It doesn't mean that sometimes we don't have to speak truth and love and and give wisdom and it doesn't mean there won't be disagreements but wow just love anyway so understanding this that while we celebrate you know in in this particular arena talking about how god has used steve and martha in a a place of leadership and how he is the one doing this that he is the ultimate leader of the church and so we're able to walk and serve and, and live in that way joshua was in a similar position and, and I want you to get this. Not even Joshua, when we go through the rest of this book, not even Joshua was able to serve them without making some pretty crucial mistakes. Think about that for a second. This is God's man. This is Joshua. God is with him. But not even Joshua is able to get through this whole conquest without making some critical errors that cost lives, that were difficult, that, were, that, were, that changed the course of Israel's history. We'll get to it. And so... Understanding that even Joshua made mistakes as a leader. I want you to think about all the areas of your life. I want to ask you this pretty tough question. How perfect does a leader have to be in your life for you to follow them with all your heart? What standard have you imagined and put on leaders in your life? And is that even realistic? God is the ultimate leader and we expect him to be perfect. But if you're applying that standard to the men and women that God uses in leadership, then let me tell you, there's a real good chance that you're going to miss this. Because if you demand perfection, you're always going to play the role of a rebel, and you and the leader are going to suffer. If you're sitting there waiting for the perfect leader, he and she does not exist. Right? And so if that's been your standard or somewhere just shy of perfection... Then you're gonna find it difficult to follow. And in all the areas of our life, in our families, in our marriages, in our workplace, in the church, at school, and you know, in all the different areas of government, these are difficult things. But if you if, here's the thing: if you follow leaders, God has instituted in your life with a joyful heart through their mistakes, rather than standing as judge over them, you will enjoy the journey far, far more. Do you hear that? So if you if you'll serve with them with a joyful heart rather than as their judge and critic, you're going to enjoy the journey a ton better. You're never going to find the perfect leader. You're never going to find the perfect father. You're never going to find the perfect mother. You're never going to find the perfect husband or boss, pastor, general, government leader. They don't exist. They're all broken. They're all fallen people. And God is using them in places of authority. And if you are saying, I'm not going to be a good follower until that leader is what I expect of them, then you're never going to follow well. Are you with me? Do you see this? You need to to grab hold of this. Because... Most of the seasons of our life, we're called to follow. There are seasons where we're asked to lead, but far more of our life we spend following. And If you don't follow well, you're going to miss out on where God is leading you because he's always leading you and you're always following him. Being a follower is the mark of a Christian. We follow Christ. That's what we do. If you find it difficult to follow, you're going to find it difficult to walk with Christ. Because you've been called to follow Christ. And in the same way, when we apply this to other areas of our life, we understand the importance that, that following is a skill. And it is important. So, how well are you following? How well are you following in these areas? Let me ask you, husbands, dads, are you following God well? In some of the areas of your life, God is the leader, and you're next in, in role of responsibility. And in those roles, are you following God. Employees, are you following your boss well? Is that person encouraged? Or are they like, oh, when they see you coming? Is there, even in, the, oh man, I can tell you this. As, as a, a youth pastor, especially in other church, we went through so many ups and downs and so many difficult things. And so many of those had to do with things we couldn't control. But we faced several things that were in our control. And when I blew it and made mistakes, those team members who felt like it was our mistakes, I can't tell you how much it blessed me to go through those, those failures with people around me that accepted some of, the, some of the burden of that. It was just such, I took responsibility for the mistakes that I made, but to have people rather than standing over me being like, <sighs> didn't mean that they never said, you know, hey Eric, we missed it here, let's do it differently next time, but we're with you. And we, Oh man, the people who went through those with me, I, I can't tell you, they're still dear friends. Wives, mothers, are you following your husbands? Uh, and that's complicated. We'll go back to Ephesians and dig into that. I know that's a complex, difficult thing. And, and Steve has fleshed that out. And that goes beyond the scope of this uh, sermon to break down that role in marriage. But it's not the way that some would think and total uh, being subservient to and, and without a voice. Uh, God has not set it up that way but he has put the responsibility and ultimate authority uh, of leading a family and that, that burden on, on the husband. He, he's holding that husband responsible. Whether you see it that way or not, he sees it that way. And so are you, are you able to follow uh, your husband? Kids, are you, are you following your parents? <laughs> are you following your teachers in a way that honors the Lord? Are you a blessing to these leaders? Are you a drain on these leaders? Are they happy to see you? These things are important. So we know that that we're not called to blindly leave without following. And I could spend another message talking about exceptions to this rule and when it's time to stand up against tyranny and genocide and injustice and all of these things. But can we just sort of take a deep breath and say the vast majority of our life, we are not serving under leaders who are are fascist dictator genocidal maniacs, right? Most of the people that we're serving under are people that God is working on, that God is 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 pursuing, some who are already followers of Christ that are growing and every one of them broken. And every one of them they've been given that authority by God for whatever reason and we've been called to be good followers. Our followership is just as important as leadership. And I can't say that for our church, our followership followership as the body of Christ is it honors the Lord when we honor and follow the leadership that he has given us. Are you with me? You understand that? You see what I mean? It is important that we follow the leader he has given us. So if you want to get where God is leading you in your life, there is a 100% chance that you will have to follow someone to get there. Let me say that again. If you want to get where God is leading you in your life, there's a 100% chance you're going to have to follow someone at some point to get there. And so how you follow is of critical importance. There are going to be areas and arenas and seasons of life where you're called on to lead others as you follow Christ. But in most stages, you're going to need to follow to follow well to get where God is leading you. So will you follow when it fits your agenda or will you follow even when it doesn't? Will you follow when it costs you something? Or will you only follow when it benefits you? The story of Israel would have been critically different if Manasseh and Gadites had, had, and Reubenites had stood up and said, We have what we need. We're done here. It would have been incredibly difficult for the nation to force them to go to battle. It would have started a civil war. It would have weakened the nation. It would have hurt Joshua's leadership. It would have slowed him down. It would have caused. An unbelievable scar in the fabric of that nation. But instead, they come back with this incredible answer. Joshua, we'll go where you say to go. We'll, We'll do what you said for us to do. You are our leader, and we know that God is leading you. So you be strong and courageous, and we'll go wherever you lead us to go. See, God has created leadership. God has created followership. So if you choose to rebel and evaluate and criticize and judge continually you'll find possibly too late in life that you're rebelling against God, your leaders, and are playing a part in tearing down the institutions that God has given us for our good and for his glory. So, just as Joshua modeled it for us, let's learn to do both leading and following in a way that glorifies the Lord in our church, in our families, in our businesses, in every arena of life, Let us glorify God in our followership as well as those opportunities will be given to lead. Let's pray together. Father, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his love for us. We thank you that he was willing to step out and lead the way. We thank you for those he called to follow him that modeled it so very well. God, we know that in our life you're still leading and you've still called us to follow you. And Father, I pray that we would learn to do that well. And not only following you directly, but when you have put a human leader in front of us, God, I pray that you would teach us to follow well, to follow that in a way that honors you. And we know that there's, there's points that'll deal with conflict and there'll be other things to consider, but the vast majority of times you've called us just to leave or just to follow as well as we possibly can. And so God, I pray that you would work in our lives, that you would give us wisdom, that you give us courage, that you'd give us patience, that you give us grace, the same grace that we've received, we would grant that to our leaders. And that even when they fail, God, we'd be able to follow them well, knowing that you are leading them, that you've placed them in our authority, and we honor them. We pray for the heart of David. He said, I won't touch the Lord's anointed. God, the, the leader above us, God, that we would be able to, to trust you, that we'd make a, a proper appeal when it's necessary and honor that leader with our appeal, uh, just as the exiles did in Babylon and even in Egypt. God, we pray that you would help us to follow well. We do thank you for Steve and for Martha and the role that you've called them to in our church. We pray that we follow them in a way that glorifies you. And God, we pray that in every other area of our life, we would do this just as well. And we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship. We believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, com. There you'll find information on how to contact us if you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.